This is AgriPulse Daybreak for Friday, September 17th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. Good morning, I'm Jeff Nelly. Here's today's headlines. Pelosi receives plea from House Dems on ASF. U.S. launches Ag Productivity Coalition in response to EU. Scoop. House Dems appealed to Pelosi to aid in ASF fight. Some Democrats on the House Agriculture Committee are urging House Speaker Nancy Pelosi to secure an additional $75 million to help USDA keep African swine fever out of the U.S. America's pork producers are a crucial part of the food supply chain domestically, and they contribute close to $7 billion in global exports, seven Democrats said in a letter obtained by AgriPulse. ASF's a deadly pig disease that was recently discovered in the Dominican Republic. The lawmakers are specifically requesting $20 million to hire additional staff for the Animal and Plant Health Inspection Service, plus $30 million for the National Animal Health Laboratory Network and $25 million to pay for animal depopulation and disposal equipment. The lawmakers want the money included in a continuing resolution or supplemental appropriation package. The House Rules Committee meets on Monday to prepare the CR for floor action. That measure is needed to keep the government operating after the new fiscal year begins October 1. U.S. launching Ag Productivity Coalition in response to EU. Brazil, Canada, and Mexico are being eyed as candidates for a new coalition of nations to provide an alternative to the European Union's farm-to-fork initiative, which seeks deep cuts in the use of pesticides and fertilizer. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack in Italy for meetings with ag ministers ahead of the G20 Economic Summit next month told reporters that the U.S. is starting a new coalition for productivity growth to counter the EU's effort, which many in the production ag community fear could lead to a drop in output and increased food prices. Brazil has expressed interest in joining the coalition, which the U.S. will kick off at the United Nations Food Systems Summit next Thursday, according to Vilsack. Canada, Mexico, and other South American countries are also prime candidates. Take note. Also Thursday, Vilsack made his case for ag technology at the G20 Forum on Sustainable Ag. By leveraging evidence-based innovation and science, including biotechnology, we can expand the toolbox for farmers, fishers, foresters, and other producers to improve sustainability and resilience throughout the food systems, he said. We'll have more AgriPulse Daybreak after this. Today's Daybreak is sponsored by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative, a powerful advocate in Washington for farmers throughout the Midwest. Dairy farmers have always been leaders in caring for the environment, and they continue to lead in addressing changing climate conditions. We believe environmentally focused policies affecting agriculture should be guided by farmers, grounded in science, driven by the market, and sufficiently flexible to allow for innovation at the farm level. Good morning and welcome back to AgriPulse Daybreak. Co-ops raise concerns with OSHA 
on vax mandate. The National Council of Farmer Cooperatives is appealing to the Biden administration for some flexibility in its vaccine mandate for businesses with over a 100 employees. In a letter to the Labor Department and the USDA, NCFC says OSHA should consider the size of a facility's workforce and not just the overall size of a company in determining when the mandate applies. For instance, a grain elevator that operates with under a dozen employees who have no day-to-day contact with other parts of a co-op has a different safety risk profile than a corporate headquarters with 500 workers, the letter says. NCFC also says there should be clear guidelines for temporary or seasonal workers and that OSHA should exempt employees who are at minimal risk for contracting or spreading COVID-19, such as remote workers and truck drivers. Appeals Court Strikes Down Idaho CAFO Permit A new federal appeals court decision could lead to more oversight of concentrated animal feeding operations that, according to environmental groups involved in the case. The Ninth U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled that a discharge permit used for CAFOs in Idaho lacked a sufficient monitoring provision to ensure its zero discharge requirement. The Idaho permit has no monitoring requirement for underground discharges, the court said in a 3-0 to decision. The failure of the permit to require such monitoring is striking, given the EPA's conclusion in the 2003 CAFO rule that requirements in local permits, rather than nationally uniform requirements, are the best means to address underground discharges. The court vacated the permit, but has not yet issued its mandate implementing the decision. We are confident that this is the first domino to fall on the path to comprehensive pollution monitoring and accountability for America's corporate factory farm industry, Food and Water Watch attorney Tara Heinzen said of the ruling. China dominates U.S. soy sales in early September. September 3rd to 9th was another big week for the U.S. soybean export sales, and most of the commitments were to Chinese buyers. That according to the latest weekly data out of the USDA's Foreign Agriculture Service. China purchased 945,200 metric tons of U.S. soybeans for delivery in the current 21-22 marketing year. That's well more than half of the total net sales for the seven-day period, which totaled about 1.26 million tons. USDA yesterday announced a daily sale of 132,000 tons to Chinese buyers, making up for the cancellation of 132,000 tons in sales reported on Wednesday. CoBank sees opportunity for aromatic rice farming in the U.S., Demand for jasmine and basilmati long rice continues to grow in the U.S., pushing up imports from countries like Thailand and India as demographics change and consumer preferences evolve, according to a new analysis from CoBank. That presents opportunities for U.S. farmers, but only with investment in new seeds, milling equipment, and marketing. Fragrant or aromatic rice is clearly the growth opportunity for the U.S. rice industry, said Tanner Emke, a CoBank economist. Production and processing obstacles would need to be overcome, but 
Capturing share of the fastest-growing domestic market could transform the U.S. rice industry and ultimately position it to become more competitive in export markets around the world. U.S. rice imports have grown from near zero to more than 1.1 million tons over the past 40 years, according to Cobank. Here's today's He Said It. If we are going to produce more while using and polluting less, we must commit to developing and deploying new ways of doing things in agriculture. That Ag Secretary Tom Vilsack speaking at a G20 forum on sustainable agriculture in Florence, Italy, yesterday. Well, that's Daybreak for this Friday, September 17th, brought to you by Edge Dairy Farmer Cooperative. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak, I'm Jeff Daly.